Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Siobhan Davis is a former classroom teacher who channels her love for theater arts into her small business, Acting with Mrs. Davis. Acting with Mrs. Davis is a theater arts education company that provides after-school programs, classes, workshops, and educational consulting. Siobhan teaches culture, self-confidence, and creative expression to her students. Here today to share the story of her business and how she balances work and family life is Mrs. Davis herself, Siobhan Davis. Siobhan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sanjay. So happy to be here. Well, I'm, I'm happy to have you here, and I'm hoping to get some acting tips here uh, near the end of our conversation. <laughs> but first, let's start out with your background and kind of what got you to the point that you're at right now? Well, I am a proud graduate of Clark Atlanta University in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I, yeah, that's right. A proud HBCU graduate. And uh, I have my Bachelor of Arts in Theater Arts. And so that kind of spearheaded, um, uh, well, a little bit. I'll backtrack. I was in acting and modeling classes when I was younger. Um, and that kind of got me in the mind frame of wanting to be involved with theater. And then in college, I was like the president of our theater organization, the CAU Players, and um, just really enjoyed, uh, started to enjoy the the behind the scenes aspect. Um, and so that's when I started a company called Banks Entertainment LLC. And I came back to my hometown of Fort Worth, Texas. That's where I'm from. And uh, decided to start this business working with um, local artists and performers and promoting events. And then I started a printing service. I'm like a serial entrepreneur. And uh, it just runs through my family. Uh, my family is full of entrepreneurs and business owners. And so, yeah. And so that led me to um, starting to work with youth on the youth side of, of entertainment and, and poetry and and performing. And so I started a, a summer camp, a, a Saturday, a Saturday night summer camp for kiddos. And then everyone was like, hey, you're so good with kids. You should maybe be a teacher. I was like, yeah. what? At the time, I didn't have any children. So I was like, wait a minute. Um, you know, <laughs> do I like kids? <laughs> and so, yes, I was. I, I started to see the magic that I was able to make with children um, through my love for the arts. And um, then I entered the classroom and I taught theater arts in the classroom for five years at uh -huh. uh, different uh, two different schools in Fort Worth. 
or excuse me, in Dallas and Grand Prairie. And then I started to do summer programs and spring break programs. And uh, that became really um, a really big thing, really needed to increase um, equity and access to the arts and um, underserved communities. And, you know, being able to provide these programs um, for free in areas where they couldn't necessarily afford them. And, um, and so, yeah, so that led to um, right before the pandemic, uh, I decided that, hey, I'm ready to step away from the classroom, spread my love for theater um, to youth all over. Um, and that's when Acting with Mrs. Davis was birthed. And so yeah, let's let's step back a little bit. So when you went to college, what was your idea as to why you were getting a theater degree? Like, what did you when you started? What did you want to do? I wanted to be an actress. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be in television and film. Um, every year I would we would get our season and I would select a play that I wanted to get the starring role in. And uh-huh. so um, I would always get that lead role. But it was when I decided to be the president or got voted to be the president for the uh, theater organization that I kind of liked the backside of it, the behind the scenes side and um, even experiencing with directing. And I liked more of helping develop actors and develop people. And that transferred into where I am now with, you know, being an acting coach, um, hosting theater after school programs for various um, school districts in the, in the Metroplex. And um, now I have teaching artists that work for me that I train uh, to my yeah. curriculum and, you know, and being intentional educators, um, Um, and intentionally impacting you through theater. And um, then I also provide that service to schools and help train other educators um, with that model. And so, yeah, it's it's really turned into something I just wasn't prepared for. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of people, just like entrepreneurship, a lot of people view acting as, oh, that just seems like a fun job, right? Like you just get to show up and and just, you know, pretend and, and do those kinds of, but it's a lot of hard work, right? Uh, and just like entrepreneurship, because what everybody sees is just the end result when everything right. is great and not all the work that gets there. Like, how did you think about that as you were going through the process and thinking that you might want to be an actor? Like, how did you view that work side of it? How did that affect you? Yeah, you know, I think that that's the good part about, you know, being able to receive a degree in a particular area because you get to explore all facets of it. And so, you know, I think it was like a wake up call for myself as well. Like, you know, okay, I'm getting these roles and I'm participating in these plays um, and it is fun, but I want more. Like I want a little bit more, you know, and, you know, this is cool, but I I really like the business side of things. And And it's so crazy because like I said, my parents are business owners. My grandparents are business owners I have aunts and uncles and I always kind of said I didn't want to become a business owner because of the hard work um so I kind of like jinxed myself because I am absolutely an entrepreneur and business owner and I have been for the majority of my life yeah so let's dive into that a little bit you so you said there's a lot of entrepreneurship in the family um what is the very first entrepreneurial thing you remember doing for yourself Ooh, that's fun um wow i would say um you know what i tried to put together well i I say tried because you know the first time doesn't always go well but i put together a family comedy show 
and um, uh-huh. I booked some comedians, and it was uh, a family-friendly comedy show um, here in Fort Worth, and um, it was in a new little uh, uh, lounge area or event space, and they had, like, cool couches, and it was really cool. That was my first event, and uh, yeah, a <laughs> long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Well, so when was this? Was this during college or before or after college? This was right after college. Yeah. When I started my company. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. This was right after college. Okay. And so, uh, so when you took that dive into entrepreneurship, I'm assuming because you have entrepreneurs already in the family, this was like, this was an accepted thing. This was like, oh yeah, eh, this will be fine. Or was there any kind of pushback saying like, well, you just got this degree. You should go do that first. You know, I have very supportive parents, um, especially my mother. And so she absolutely uh, supported that idea. Um, and, you know, with just ideas, um, with financials, like she supported it all. And so that actually is what kind of kickstarted it in being able to have that support because you do have to have some thick skin as an entrepreneur and you do need support. (laughs) You absolutely um, need support. You know, you can have some really, really good days and you can have some like, and you can look up and you're like, well, no clients, no anything going on. And then the next week you can look up and it's wonderful. Right, exactly. It's really easy to get people to to party with you when things are good, mm-hmm. but it's when things are bad, that's when it's it's the tough times and you need people around you. So let, let's talk about that first time you were starting out then. How did you find your clients when you were starting out? I mean, you're just right out of college. You don't necessarily have a network that you can pull in. Um, you're probably doing something different than other members of your family. So mm-hmm. how did you find clients? You know, networking. Um, I remember going to a lot of events, you know, and just kind of and and you're right, like really not meeting a lot of people who were um, in my, I guess, lane of business um, at these events, uh, you know, being joining chambers and um, attending like entrepreneurship workshops and classes and just trying to get as much knowledge as possible because, you know, of course I went to school for theater, but not necessarily, um, to start a theater company, so to speak. And so, uh, yeah. And so, um, that, that pretty much just networking, getting the name out there and looking now years later, uh, I've, a lot of people know about what I do and, and yeah. I'm very big in the arts community here in Fort Worth. Yeah. So, um, that, that it's an interesting point you kind of alluded to there of where you didn't learn those skills in college, right. Of how to start a business and, and all that stuff. What are the things that you wish now in retrospect that you'd maybe taken classes on and what is it that you had to learn along the way and how did you figure out what you needed to learn? Ooh, finance and accounting. Um, but I will say, I think it came naturally to me. I've always loved math. I actually used to used to do my mother's bookkeeping when I was in high school. So um, I I definitely knew about it, but I taught myself. So I, I always thought like, how much you know more knowledge would I have received if I would have taken like a class or you know let that build upon the the self taught knowledge that I had. Um, but yes, I would probably have you know expanded my knowledge and finance, um, maybe even possibly got a business degree and maybe minored in theater. Um, you know, I may have done that or had a dual, dual major. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, it's funny because I'm very much the same way. I, in retrospect, I regret not taking finance and accounting in undergrad. Uh, I went on and, and did business school, uh, grad school, but um, I, I'd already learned a lot of that stuff by then. And it's like, I, I wish I'd, I'd learned it earlier. Um, mm -hmm. So if, a, a maybe any recommendation from the two of us is uh, if you're listening <laughs> to this and don't know finance and accounting, maybe that that's something you should do. Um, right. So. So starting the, the business that you're in now, how did that really get underway? Like how, what was the kind of epiphany and the thing that you said like, hey, I need to start this thing? Yeah, so my first year of teaching um, theater arts was in um, a challenging neighborhood with youth who were experiencing uh, just unimaginable things um, at home and, and bringing some of that uh, trauma, um, you know, through their schoolwork and, and things. And so, you know, I kind of felt like I was like thrown to the wolves a little bit, like, you know, Hey, you're a teacher, get out there, do it, you know? And I'm like, okay. So I'm, I know theater, but what I didn't know is how to connect with children. And yeah. so, um, what I ended up seeing is that through theater and, you know, teaching them creative expression, um, it really gave them a voice and, you know, it created a really safe, um, an inclusive culture in my classroom and you know I took students who had no experience in theater arts to competitions and um, we would win across the board and um, and I was like I'm good at this you know and then it's that that culture in my classroom started to spread through the school you know and um, I ended up going to another school um, a year after that and the same thing, similar experience, just in impacting an entire school culture through um, the relationships that I was building with students and, and the skills that I was teaching them through theater. Um, because it's not just acting. It's a lot. It's public speaking, self-confidence, culture, uh, you know, all of that. And so... Yeah, just deciding that it's time for me to kind of marry my uh, five years of classroom education experience with being a business owner and out came acting with Mrs. Davis. There you go. So um, and, and we'll dive into what exactly that is and, and kind of how you manage it. But let's start first talking about um, the stress of owning a business and, and working <laughs> kind of full time. Um, and, and did you start, did you start acting with Mrs. Davis as a side hustle first, or did you just go full in? You know what? I guess I will say it was a side hustle um, because I, okay. I started doing um, a spring break program, a spring break theater program while I was still teaching. And yeah. then I did like a short uh, summer program. And then uh -huh. I started going to other programs in teaching theater. And um, I started doing some acting coaching on the side, like started with some of the students that I worked with who wanted to audition for other opportunities and yeah. um, wanted to work one on one. Um, and so it started with that. And then uh, now it's carried over to various area theaters. I actually, you know, provide workshops for them and as well as what I do on my own. And I mean, it's it's really turned into an all out theater education company. <laughs> so so how did you in those early days, then how did you manage the stress of doing two things, two jobs, basically, right at the same time? You know, I could not pour into it the way that I wanted to because I was so consumed with um, my my school day work, you know, my um, work in the classroom. And so it was very challenging um, coming from being a business owner because, you know, prior to that, I had ran, ran my own company for seven years. And so um, I was used to just, you know, kind of 
you know, doing things on my own time, creating my own schedule, my own office hours, you know, um, things like that. And so it was hard working all day and then trying to come and build um, this business on the side and and then also make time for family. And uh, yeah. And so it was, it was a challenge. And I think that also contributed to my decision to go ahead and um, pursue acting with Mrs. Davis full time. Yeah. So how did you deal with kind of family life in all of this as well as now? Like, you know, it's really easy for entrepreneurs to let, what they do uh, consume 100% of their time, (laughs) maybe even 150% of their time. So how do you manage that and make sure that you still have time for family and fun and friends and, and all of those other things that are important to you? Well, you know, right now I am absolutely just navigating, taking things day by day. Um, I have um, my actual baby just turned one year uh, last week. Oh, congratulations, happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And so um, I had her later in life. My husband and I tried um, for 10 years. So she's our miracle baby. And so it is definitely a challenge of being in not only just an entrepreneur, um, but, you know, this this business owner, this this new mom, um, you know, living all my life, just kind of doing, you know, picking up and doing whatever I wanted to do, you know, and now I've got this little one. And so, again, the support my husband and I. I are a great team. I I could not do the things that I'm doing um, without his support. I also run a nonprofit organization, and so and and I'm a and I'm a PTA president. Um, I have a stepdaughter, and she is uh, 16. I mean, about to be 16, and so I'm the PTA president at her school. I've got a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to not take it easy. It seems like right, Man, that's a, right. That's a lot of stuff. But I call and, it heart work, not hard work. Heart work because yeah. it's, it's all good when it's coming from the heart yeah and kids definitely make you get a different perspective on life and and work and all of those things support for this podcast comes from hiscox committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901 quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at hiscox.com hiscox the business insurance experts So let's talk about um, setting boundaries. I I can imagine uh, the work that you do with uh, kids and others to coach them and acting like they have auditions all the time and they might want to call you and get advice like, you know, their jitters just before. Like, how do you set those boundaries to make sure that, you know, you still serve your, your clients who you, I'm sure, love, but then also have time to get everything else done, right? Like you're probably doing the marketing for your business and like all of these other things that are really required for you to kind of keep propelling forward. You know, um, I'll be honest. I told myself if I ever got into business again, um, that I would really take the time and, um, you know, think about myself uh, put myself first, family, um, not let work consume me, like really have a good, healthy work-life balance. And so, um, you know, just to be transparent, you know, when I think of the services that I want to offer, and now that I have a baby um, and I, you know, I enjoy being home with my baby and, you know, things like that, there are certain services that I don't offer as much um, and that I've, you know, there are services that I've gravitated to more. Um, I've really picked up in the education consulting arena 
Athena um, with, you know, working with school districts and um, providing uh, professional development workshops for educators and uh, one-on-one coaching with educators and, and then also having my after-school program. So it's like a very small window of now, you know, honestly, honestly where I work. You know, my after-school programs are only from like four to six. And so I enjoy that schedule. And then, you know, during the day is when I, you know, do my social media marketing, um, you know, my, my brainstorming on ideas, my um, my meetings, connecting with, you know, other community partners and, and things like that. And so, yeah, I've had to kind of say no and had to kind of walk away from some things that didn't really fit into my new schedule. Yeah. So was the way you decided this all based on the amount of time it was going to take or so was that the main driver? Was it money as well? Or like, how did you pick and choose the things that make sense? I would say a little bit of both. Um, you know, time is definitely a big deal. Um, I like to do things in excellence. And so, you know, I never want to feel like I'm rushing or not giving someone, um, you know, the, the best service, um, money, definitely, you know, when I think about, you know, how much money I can make for teaching a one hour, um, you know, acting, um, you know, lesson to, you know, providing education consulting services, uh, you know, it just kind of like, you know, okay, we may need to lean more towards this, less time, more money, let's work smarter, not harder. Um, but at the same time, I am still committed to the community. Um, like I said, through my nonprofit, we offer free um, fine arts programs all of the time, um, free summer programs. And so for me, I get to have that healthy balance of I have to make a living for myself, but I'm still involved in the community doing the work like that as well. Yeah. So on, on that theme of work smarter, not harder, um, do you have uh, technology, apps, systems, um, anything like that, that you've kind of implemented for yourself that you'd recommend other people look at if they're trying to do, you know, a side hustle or, or launch a small business like you? You know what? The first thing that comes to my mind is Canva. Um, so Canva is my favorite. Like that is my best friend. I don't. I don't know what her what his or her pronouns are, but Canva. I love you, Canva. But um, but yeah. So I always tell. Um, uh, people about Canva, um, your your marketing materials. I spent so much money um, in my first uh, entrepreneurial life, shall I say, on people doing graphic design, people doing my websites, this one not turning out right, finding someone else, managing it, you know, designing business cards. And I said, never again. And and actually then I started to teach myself through Microsoft Publisher. If you're in the graphic design world, like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> but I started out in Microsoft Publisher and I would even do some stuff for clients, got a little bit into Photoshop. But so if you, if you have a little bit of background in graphic design, Canva will like, I mean, change your life. But um, yeah, I would say definitely Canva is one. And for insurance, Hiscox. <laughs> there you go. A nice shout out for Hiscox there. Anything else that you've, um, you use like day to day, like if you did not have, it would be really tough for you to manage your business? Ooh, you know what my new thing is? Calendly. Calendly. 
Yes, Calendly. Okay. Um, yes. So that at first I was nervous about it because I was like, are people going to be like, who is she sending me her calendar? Pencil yourself in, you know, <laughs> on my calendar. And so <laughs> I was nervous about it at first. But it's all about how you word it with 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 clients, you know, letting them know, you know, here's a link to my calendar. You can schedule um, or here's a link to my schedule. You can schedule the best day and time um, for us to meet for you. And it's like so easy and simple rather than and are you available on this day? No, I'm not. Are you available on this day? No, are you available? Right. So that has really helped me and being able to sync that, you know, into my um, all of my calendars and directly on my phone. And so, yeah, that's a that's definitely a plus for business owners. Yeah, I, I've I've heard that same thing and I've had that same reservation, too. But what I've seen a lot of people do is like, hey, let me know when you're available. But if it's easier, here's a link to my Calendly yeah. and you can just go ahead and schedule right now. Um, yep. and, and I'm with you on, on saving that whole back and forth. That's just better for everybody, right? At the end of the day. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about like now kind of retrospective. So thinking back to the very beginning of when you started being entrepreneurial, like thinking back, what do you think you did poorly and what would you do differently knowing what you know now? Okay. Yeah. Um, something I did poorly was not believing in myself and not believing in my vision, um, you know, just kind of like trying something out and not really mapping out what success looked like. And yeah. so um, in the beginning, I felt like I I needed like to collaborate and or, or I needed to I needed to work with other organizations like I like my I myself wasn't enough. And so um, I ended up um, working with an, a, a company like kind of bringing them along and it just ended badly. Um, it just wasn't a good idea. Um, they got really intimidated and jealous and um, it didn't work out well. And so at that moment, I felt like, you know, I'm enough on my own. Um, you know, I don't really just have to uh, tag someone along. And, um, you know, and so once I realized that, I just really started to uh, make good connections and just believe in myself and really just work harder. And um, it's just led me to, you know, so many great things and, and so many good people in the community, you know, not all business is good business, shall I say. Yeah. So this is interesting, this kind of point you're making here, um, especially because you've been surrounded by entrepreneurs and to not have that self-confidence, even though you've seen entrepreneurs all around you, um, is interesting. And I think it's not an uncommon thing, right? A lot of entrepreneurs, uh, although we go do these kind of startup things, we're always questioning, like, can I do this? Is it possible? Right. Whatever. How is it that you you got yourself over that? Um, I think over time, just, you know, overcoming challenges and getting stronger um, each time and, and not making the yeah. same mistakes, you know, uh, learning, actually learning from my mistakes and also just being a good person, just, you know. <laughs> Uh, really, honestly, when you do good things and you intentionally do good work and provide people a good service and, you know, when you give back to, you know, the community and when your heart is in the right place, like things just always work out. And, um, you know, being in a business where, you know, my focus is, you know, impacting children's lives, it has just been very rewarding and fun. I, I literally tell people like I, I, I get to wake up and have fun with kids every day. Like it's, it's just the best. <laughs> it's 
especially looking back how uh, you were still unsure if you wanted to work I with w- kids or if you like kids. And, and and now you're you're all in at this point. So that's, that's I fantastic. Am. Yeah. I do. I so, love kids. I love giving them opportunities that I had and didn't have. Like I, I love it. Yeah, that's great. So um let's think about uh you know, what would you tell somebody that's thinking about taking the leap and starting a side hustle like you or taking their side hustle and making it a full-time business. Um, what advice or, or, or what thoughts would you give somebody like that? Plan, 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 plan. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't done much of anything without some sort of a plan in motion. And then I work backwards in the theater world. Um, when we prepare for plays, we look at the end result and we backward map. Like, what do we need to do to work up towards show day? And so um, kind of like that same model, um, you know, where do I see myself in a year or two with this organization? And sometimes two years may be too far to think. Sometimes three, five years is too far. You can start with six months. What do you know? What do I look like in six months? Let me backward map the steps that I need to take. Um, And and also um, one of the biggest questions, because I do coach with a lot of entrepreneurs um, in the area and provide them help on contracting with districts and, um, you know, just entrepreneur um, uh, mentorship and, you know, just kind of tell them, you know, think about don't think about too much about, oh, the money, the money, the money, because if you're doing something good, uh, the money will come. It will absolutely come. And um, if it's a part of your plan, it will come. So that's why planning is very, very important. So, okay, uh, most probably important question, at least for me, I've been waiting to ask you this. Uh, and the last question. So acting, you mentioned this, it's very much like public speaking. So give us like a couple of acting and or public speaking tips so that all of us that are listening to this can level up our abilities. So you said some public speaking tips or act acting and or public speaking tips, right? Like it's all kind of the same. I think most people that are listening to this may not be actors. Uh, and so, you know, maybe <laughs> some of the advice you can give uh, are around public speaking, because I think in a lot of ways, the two are, are very similar. Um, the biggest thing that I can say is keep a smile on your face that um, sometimes, you know, no matter what you say sounds good when you have a smile on your face, <laughs> you know, like look, broccoli, you know, uh, chicken nuggets, um, you know, uh, Takis, you know, things like math, homework, look, homework, you know, so just <laughs> just putting a smile on your face um, when you are delivering your message or communicating um, just adds energy and, you know, adds some color to, you know, whatever your whatever your message is, whatever you're saying and express joy, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I do actually have one more bonus kind of final question. So if any of our listeners are actually thinking that they might want to be, go into acting and be actors, what's the first thing or the best thing that they can do right now to get them on their way? Start some acting classes. And if you're in the Metroplex, you can always go on actingwithmrsdavis.com and see where I'm at. So I would say that start with some acting classes, um, start with some workshops and, uh, you know, get your skills built up because before you try and go into management, that's what they're going to ask you, you know, what's your training like, what's your experience like. So, yeah, I would say that. There you go. So last last thing was going to ask you where our listeners can, can find and connect with you. We already heard your website. <laughs> what other places can they find you? Uh, uh, on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Acting with Mrs. Davis. And that's MRS. I'm married. I'm married. Mrs. Davis. <laughs> 
So actingwithmrsdavis.com and on social media. That's where you'll find me. Awesome. Siobhan, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on. (laughs) Thank you, Sanjay. Hey there, listeners. Our team is taking the next two weeks off for the holidays to rest and relax. So you won't hear any new episodes for the rest of the year. We're excited to bring you more interviews in 2023. The first episode next year is with my friend and former co-founder, who is a pretty big follower. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find me on Twitter at at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparikh.com.